Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together this morning as we turn to God's word. Father, we do thank you for this section of your word. We ask that you'd give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand, and wills to obey, that we might see Jesus high and lifted up. We pray in his name. Amen. Personality types are something that you have likely been exposed to, either in school or in the workplace or just in conversation. They're very popular these days to talk about the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, the DISC, all sorts of different types of tests that help us to understand ourselves and others that we're in relationship with. And they assess us along things like whether we're more introverted or extroverted, more assertive or laid back, Uh, people who like to be in authority versus people who like to be under authority, people who like to take the lead versus people who like to follow. And we live in a world where priority and honor and fame are given to those who lead, given to those who take charge. In fact, David Brooks wrote a recent article about this where he compared and contrasted two types of virtue in our culture, what he called competitive virtues versus compassionate virtues. And he described competitive virtues as things like toughness and power and strength and authority and dominance. And he said, these are the virtues that really are shaping our cultural stories, especially cultural movies. He said, these are the type of people that we want to aspire to be, people like Tony Stark. And he says, out of style are compassionate virtues, virtues like humility and gentleness and kindness and mercy and forgiveness. And these virtues are very lacking in our cultural stories, and these virtues shape us to be an altogether different type of people, people like Mr. Rogers. So what type of person are you? What type of person do you aspire to be like? Like Tony Stark or like Mr. Rogers? Well, today we want to look at the wisdom of Psalm 23, which is the most famous psalm that's ever been penned. And in this psalm, the psalmist describes us all as followers, as sheep, as those who need leading, those who need guidance, those who need correction and help and encouragement, and grace throughout the journey of life. The psalmist describes our need for a shepherd, all of us. All of us need a leader. All of us need a guide. All of us need someone to follow. 
So this morning we want to look at three things from Psalm 23. First, why we need a shepherd. Second, when we need a shepherd. And third, who is our shepherd? So first, in a world aspiring to be like Tony Stark, why do we need a shepherd? And friends, it doesn't matter if you're young or old, male or female, introverted or extroverted, assertive or laid back, Christian or skeptic, we all need a shepherd. Because none of us are autonomous, none of us are independent, we are all finite creatures, we are all sheep. And we all live in a scary, in a hard, in a dark, in a crazy, tumultuous world. There are lots of traps to ensnare us. The trap of loneliness, the trap of addiction, the trap of disease, the trap of divorce, the trap of death. And no one, no one can escape trial, can escape difficulty, can escape hardship in life. We may prepare for these things. We may think that we have a plan in place when we face these things. We may think that we're able to conquer these things when we endure them. Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's true of life. When life punches us in the mouth, our plans become impotent. We need a shepherd who is bigger than life's punches, a shepherd who is bigger than life's circumstances, a shepherd who knows how to lead us and guide us through the twists and turns, the highs and lows, the peaks and the valleys of life. We need a shepherd who is wiser and stronger and bigger and truer than any other shepherds in our lives, shepherds like financial planners, life coaches, personal trainers, counselors. We need a shepherd to lead us through life's journeys, to care for us throughout all the highs and lows, and especially the lows when life punches us in the mouth. We need a shepherd who knows exactly what to give us at exactly the right time, a shepherd who will never leave us or forsake us, one who is with us. The shepherd we need, friends, is the God of the Bible. Because only the God of the Bible is big enough, is good enough, is wide enough to lead us through all the twists and turns that we experience in life. He knows these paths, and he knows us. And his leading of us isn't unto death, isn't unto destruction, isn't unto violence, isn't unto vengeance, isn't unto punishment, but to life, abundant life. We need a shepherd because we're all sheep. We're all creatures. We're all finite. This world is too big for us. We heard of some of the immensity of our world, even in the prayers. Who can handle the mercies that we've asked for help? We can't. This world is too big for us. It's too overwhelming on our own. It's too dark. It's too scary. So your smallness and the world's vastness is why you need a shepherd. 
when do you need a shepherd? Well, throughout all the seasons of life, throughout all the journeys of life. And friends, this psalm takes us on a beautiful journey of a sheep's life. It starts in the springtime when things are great for the sheep. The sheep describes how the world is after the winter's rain, and there's life all around him, abundant life. There's green grass, green pastures, lots of water. Springtime is good. Springtime is easy. Life is full of hope, full of potential. Life is so good, says the sheep, that he can lay down and rest. And this is something that is difficult for sheep to do because they're restless, worried, anxious animals. But in the springtime of life, when all is good, when all is well, when all is bright, the sheep can rest. This is a picture of fullness, a picture of abundance, a picture of flourishing. And some of us here this morning are in the springtime of life, and things are going well for us. Things are good. We've got good health. Our family has good health. We have good relationships. Our finances are good. Work is good. Everything seems to be going well. Life is good. Life is easy. You are at rest. It's all blue skies, and you're overwhelmed by the amazing abundance and goodness of your God and how he's been faithful to you. And if that's you this morning, enjoy these days. These are gifts from your shepherd. He's the one who's leading you. He's the one who's guiding you. He's the one who's providing this green grass and this still water for you. So receive these as his gifts for you. Thank him for his kindness and rest in him because he's the one who has provided these things for you. But know this, and we all know this, every sheep in Israel knew this, spring doesn't last forever. Summer is coming. Summer is on the way. Summer is here. We've lived in Austin now for nine summers. Our first one was when we had just graduated from seminary and moved here as a family in 2002. And at that point, it was the hottest summer on record, over 100 days of 100 degrees plus. We ended up moving to Tennessee and then to Peru. And when our family was leaving Peru, we came back to Austin in the summer of 2011. And Austin set a new summer record. We had days of 112 degrees in the summer of 2011. And in the nine summers that we've lived here, I've discovered that everyone in Austin knows that summer is coming. And that this is a conversation that is popular. In fact, I had this conversation with one of you this morning. And this conversation goes something like this. Imagine it's March, and it's a beautiful March day. It's an amazing day. It's a gorgeous day. And someone will say, isn't this awesome? 
We live in a city in March where we can be outside and enjoy all of this beauty around us. Isn't this incredible? And it is. And then someone will respond by saying, yeah, but August is coming. And it's going to be a scorcher in August, and we're going to hate living here in August. Why do we do this? Why can't we enjoy March without thinking about summer and how miserable it's going to be in summer? It's because we know that summer is coming. And it's a reality that shapes us. We know that the heat of summer is going to scorch the grass and going to evaporate the water. And this was true for sheep in Israel. Sheep couldn't survive summer in Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem is a mountainous city. And as a mountainous city, there's little valleys, little pasture land, and the water flows downhill. And so a good shepherd knew that he had to lead his sheep away from Jerusalem, down the mountains, into the valley where there was more grass and more water for the sheep to survive during the summer. But a shepherd also knew that as he made this journey from Jerusalem to the valley, that on the roads, on these paths, would be bandits and thieves and lurkers seeking to steal and kill and harm the sheep. In the shadows, it was dangerous. And so this sheep says, even though I have to make this journey to go from green grass and still waters in search of more grass and waters to a place unknown, I don't journey alone. I go through the valley of the shadow of death with my shepherd at my side, and he will keep me alive. And so as these sheep journey from springtime to summer, they have nothing to fear, says the psalmist, because the shepherd is with them. The shepherd will not let any evil overtake them. The shepherd is bigger and greater and mightier than any foe. The shepherd will get them through the valley of the shadow of death to safety, to continually care and provide for them. And some of you here this morning are in the summertime of life. You're in the valley. You're in the heat. You're experiencing the heat of broken dreams the heat of broken bodies, the heat of broken relationships, the heat of broken jobs, the heat of broken homes. You're experiencing the heat of pain, of sadness, of loneliness, of disease, of maybe even death. And you're experiencing the heat of a world turned against you, the blast of the world that you don't know how to navigate very well. And if that's you, Embrace these days. As you embrace and endure these days, know this. You have a shepherd who is with you. You have a shepherd who is for you. You have a shepherd who loves you and is walking this path alongside you. These are well-worn paths for your shepherd He knows them. 
He knows them intimately. He's walked them countless times. He's experienced them. And he will not let any evil overcome you or overtake you or swallow you up. So as you embrace these days, the heat of summer, do not fear. Your shepherd is bigger. Your shepherd is stronger. Embrace these days knowing that they won't last forever either. Fall is coming. Fall is around the corner. Now, this is good news for us. And for us living in Austin, sometimes fall gets extended to, you know, November or December, okay? Finally, fall, it feels like fall around here. But it wouldn't have been such good news for the sheep in Israel. Because you see, in Israel, fall was harvest time. Fall was party time. Fall was celebration time. In the fall, all of Israel would gather in Jerusalem for feasts, for parties, for celebrations. And at these parties, Israel would remember God's kindness to them in providing food. God's kindness to them in providing a home. God's kindness to them in taking them out of Egypt and bringing them to the promised land. At these parties, they would feast, they would celebrate, they would sing, they would dance, they would remember, and they would eat. Eat lamb. So if you were a sheep that was lucky enough to make it through the summer, guess what that meant for you? You were consumed. You were eaten. You became the feast. You became food on the table. But, but notice, this is amazing. This is beautiful. What happens to these sheep? A feast is prepared for them The shepherd doesn't consume them. The shepherd doesn't devour them. The shepherd doesn't take their lives. The shepherd doesn't turn them into a feast. Instead, he gives them a feast. He gives them a table. He gives them a home. He throws the sheep a party and says, here's a meal for you. Here's a feast for you. And friends, this is the heart of Christianity and the heart of the gospel. God isn't out to get you. He's not out to consume you. He isn't out to catch you. He isn't trying to kill you. He's not going to devour you. He's here because he loves you. He cares for you so much that he's throwing parties for you. He's preparing tables for you. He wants to feast with you, not eat you. He wants to party with you, not consuming, consume you. He's got a deep abiding, abundant love for you. That's the story of Christianity. That's the story of the gospel. And his abundance is overwhelming. You see, it's one thing to be a shepherd who provides green grass and still waters for a sheep in the springtime of life. It's quite another to be a shepherd that's able to provide grass and protection and water during the summertime of life. But it's still another thing, altogether different, to prepare feasts and tables 
and parties and celebrations for the sheep. But this is what our God does for us. He's the one who throws feasts for us. He cares for us through all the twists and turns of life, providing for us exactly what we need as we journey. Friends, you need a shepherd because you're a sheep. You're a creature. You're finite. Friends, you need a shepherd throughout all the highs and lows of life, through every season of life, through spring, summer, and fall. And finally, you need to know who your shepherd is. He is the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, the one who keeps promise forever, faith forever, the one who is faithful to lead and guide and restore and love and forgive, the one who continually says, come into my presence, make your life in me, find your life in me, Come to my house, come to my table, come to where I am and find your rest in me. And keep coming back to me over and over and over again, even when you've wandered, even when you've strayed. This is an open door for you. My house has open doors, so come to me and find your life and your love in me and in my mercy and in my grace. And at the center of this psalm, are these words, for you are with me. You are with me. And that's the heart of the biblical story. God is with his people. God is for his people. The drama of the Bible is how God dwells with his people to love and care and provide for them. Your shepherd is the Lord. The same Lord who is Moses' shepherd, the same Lord who is David's shepherd, the same Lord who is Daniel's shepherd, who cared for them and provided for them in their wanderings to bring them from death to life. Your shepherd is the Lord, the same one who cared for your Savior, his very son. You see, your Savior, Jesus, needed a shepherd as well. He had a father to lead and guide and direct him throughout his life. He had a father who cared for him and loved him as he endured not the shadow of death, but death itself. And your Savior passed through the valley to ascend to the Father's right hand, where he now dwells in his Father's house forever. And he's gone before us to prepare the way to get his Father's house ready for the great and final and ultimate feast. This is your shepherd, the one who loves and cares for his people to bring them from death to life, the one who loves and cares his own beloved son to bring him from death to life, the one who loves and cares for you, who's committed to bring you from death to life. This is your shepherd. He is with you. Do not fear. He's greater than any evil. In fact, he swallowed up evil forever in the death of his son. And he's preparing a feast for you, an eternal feast. You are not the lamb. 
You are not the lamb. God himself has provided the lamb in his son, Jesus Christ. And when you know this, it'll transform everything about your life. You'll be able to enjoy the springtime of life, knowing that these are good gifts from your father and that he's preparing something even greater than the goodness you're receiving right now at his hand. And you can embrace the summertime of life, knowing that he himself has walked these paths, that he himself has suffered, that he himself has died. He's gone before you to prepare a home and a feast and a table for you. And when you know this, it changes everything. You can handle any joy. You can handle any trial in life. But more than this, as those who belong to the shepherd, in his name, we become shepherds as well. We begin in small but real ways to care for others as we've been cared for, to love others as we've been loved, to forgive others as we've been forgiven, to protect others as we've been protected, to provide for others as we've been provided. Not perfectly, but in small but real ways, we become shepherds to others and to the people and places that God has entrusted to us to shepherd others in his name. And so when you know the shepherd's love, your life is not going to be marked by competitive virtues, by seeing everything in life as a battle to be won. When you know the shepherd's love, you're going to pursue the compassionate virtues, seeing everything in life as a journey to be enjoyed, walking through all the twists and turns of life toward your father's home who has and is and will prepare a feast for you. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we're overwhelmed by your grace and by your mercy. We're overwhelmed by the reality of Psalm 23, that you are our shepherd and that you are with us through the springtime of life and through the summertime of life. And we're amazed by your abundance that you don't consume us, but rather you prepare feasts for us. And so we ask that our lives will be marked by following you as our shepherd. And we ask that in your name, we might, in small but real ways, be shepherds to others as we continually return to the place where we receive your life and love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.